Welcome to From the Ground Up, a podcast about small business funding, entrepreneurship, and current events that influence them. Powered by Tenant Financial Group. Welcome back to another edition of From the Ground Up. We hope you guys are all doing well in these crazy times. I know for us, it's all a matter of hustling our kids back to school, whether virtually or in person, and it's kind of nuts right now. So we've missed you guys. We've This is our uh, latest podcast over the past couple of weeks. We've been busy going through all that, and we know everybody else is kind of in the same boat. So we appreciate your time today. I'm really excited about today's show. We're going to talk about a really important topic and one that has uh, seen a good bit of renewed interest, and it has to do with coaching. And coaching is kind of a popular buzzword on a popular different fronts from personal coaching to business coaching to sales coaching. But today we've got a veteran coach in the business and sales coaching world, a friend that I've been working with for probably close to 10 or 12 years at various organizations and has even helped us here at TFG. I'd like to introduce Bill Breakmeyer. Bill, thanks for taking your time to join us today. You bet. Good morning. Bill, uh, can you give us a little sense for what you do for franchise organizations, for companies like mine that finance franchises, for instance, and really any others? Can you give us a sense for you know your background and what your company does? Sure. Since 1992, I've been doing a lot of small business coaching, and in 2005, bumped into my first franchise project. And with that franchise, I was brought in to do training and development and to go through all their onboarding pieces, some of those elements, and figure out, you know, how do we make it more effective? I think a lot of franchise groups are worried about efficiency, but I always say effectiveness needs to come first. And so we'll normally go into an organization, doing an assessment, figure out what strategies and tactics they need to work on, and we'll put together a game plan. And normally that will have to do with some coaching, either individual or executive coaching, sometimes group coaching, but then also training and facilitation. So my, uh, I would say, expertise, 80%, 90% of the time is is on that training and coaching piece. So... Bill, I know coaching means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but in your world that you live in on a day-to-day basis, how do you explain coaching to somebody that's a business owner that's not familiar with the concept and how your role applies to them? Dave, that's a great question, and a lot of people get this stuff confused. (laughs) So, I mean, this is one of those that I, I could spend days, you know, talking about. So there's teachers and educators And uh, they normally have PowerPoint slides and they lecture and present. You have trainers. We got to remember that training is all about skill sets and behaviors. So if you're wanting behavior modification or skill set improvement, you want a trainer. The other thing that people think is a coach really is a mentor. And when I think of a mentor, you may think of an elder, right, or somebody at church And these are folks that love to tell you about life lessons. They want to tell you about, here's how I did it. You know, this is what I learned. This is, if I were in your shoes, let me tell you a story. So you have mentors, teachers or educators and trainers. I I think coaching is different. There's some emphasis being put on development or growth. And so there's some area either in their life 
or their business or one of their team members that they want to see some growth and development. And coaching believes that through questions, strategic relevant questions, people have the answer within themselves. So if David was a client and we were coaching, as a coach, I would be facilitating a session with you, but 80% of everything out of my mouth should be a question. And so that's different than me telling you what to go do or doing the break fix thing, which is consulting. So if the goal is to come in and, and do break fix over three months, that's more consulting. Excellent. Excellent. Say, let's segue maybe just a little bit here and kind of bring current events into the discussion, Bill. You know, we're all dealing with the COVID-19 and, and its various, you know, impacts to our business. How has that impacted coaching? What's changed? What do we need to adjust? What do we not adjust uh, in the current environment as business owners kind of make it relevant to today? What's happening? Well, that's a loaded question, Derek. <laughs> Boy, let's unpack it, right? I mean, there's a bunch there. Yeah, for sure. Take your time. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to maybe go the other way with your question on this because what I find is everybody, everybody's wanting more education and more coaching. And I think right now with what's going on with coronavirus, people need a lot more leadership. And it sounds crazy, but I, I think back to old school management, I think people working from home, feeling isolated, a little bit back on their heels. I feel like there needs to be more leadership and people driving forward, leading the organization. And people want their hand held. Some people want to be monitored and need help with accountability. Not that a coach couldn't do that, but I, I'm finding that people are, are moving towards the softer things like coaching and education instead of, I don't know what the word is, you know, finding backbone and getting back to leadership, accountability, pushing people. I think we need to be more direct. I think we need to use more simple, plain language with folks on what's happening and not happening day to day. It could be in their pipeline, could be in their franchise unit, could be with their sales team. And I, I, I feel like, yes, we need to connect more and hug one another and help, but too much empathy is going to, we're going to land with no results. So maybe the target is changed. So I know a lot of times I can think if I were a leader of a sales team or of a business owner and, and my team's not performing, I might reach out to somebody like you to bring you in to help fix my team and coach my team, but really the answer is I'm the guy that needs the coach. How do, how do you respond to that? Well, working both with franchisees in the field at the unit level, but also I, I do some work with franchise development. It is interesting that leaders and managers are telling their recruitment folks that they need to be a little bit more stern and be a little bit more disciplined and structured with their candidates when in fact it is just what you said, David, they need to be doing the exact same thing they're telling their salespeople to do, right? So if we're an entrepreneur and business owner, we tell salespeople this all the time, do not accept no the first time. Nowadays, we're calling people and saying, hey, can I tell you about our business, our service, our solution? People are saying, not right now, or we got that handled. Things are good. We can't accept that no, but between the actual employee or sales professional 
and the owner of the business, the owner's got to do the same thing. They've got to quit accepting, I can't do it right now, or I can't go solicit these buildings. I can't knock doors. I can't pick up the phone because nobody's answering. Some of that could be happening. That doesn't mean we back off. I think we have to lean into this because this new normal they keep talking about, it keeps shifting. <laughs> and it's going to be different in November, in January, in February. I think we've got we've to push more and man up, for lack of a better phrase. With franchise salespeople, franchise development people that are listening, franchise brokers, talk to us, Bill, about the buying characteristics of prospective franchisees. We know it's changed. We all saw the world come crashing down Friday the 13th, if you will, uh, ominously enough, in March. And, and that's changed a lot. So how do we react as salespeople, as consultants, as people that are helping individuals buy franchises, businesses of all shapes and sizes? How do we adjust? How do we change ourselves to adapt to you know these prospective franchisees that, to a greater or lesser degree, are going to have to buy a business if they can't you know get a job? There's a lot going on there with your business model. I'm not sure that franchisees and business owners are spending enough time thinking about their offer, thinking about the way they deliver a service, the way they deliver a product. If we apply that 20-60-20 rule, I think 20% of the people out there have been brainstorming, trying to keep up with the trends, and are figuring out better ways to interact with, you know, this whole essential, non-essential piece. And so their offer is better. They're looking at their pricing. We use words in sales coaching like deal strategy. So how we're putting a deal together, how we're pricing it, how we're working with people has to change. We've got to be adaptable. And we're hearing that. The question is, are business owners doing that? And I feel like 20% are doing a phenomenal job and are going to come out on the other side making more money. I think 60% uh, the middle are kind of playing wait and see and scratching their head a lot and wanting to see what the next guy does. And then we have 20% are fighting it and just irritable and, <laughs> and angry. And some of them, I don't blame them. But I think that target markets are changing. We've got to stop and look at who is and is not buying, who is and is not profitable. And we've got to look at pricing and deal strategy. And, you know, from industry to industry, Derek, that's different. I know you've been doing this for quite a while, but we got to be up on our toes as far as I'm concerned. Structurally, Bill, I'm a, I'm a salesperson. I am a franchise development person. I'm a franchise broker in the, in the market. What do I need to change? I mean, listen, I, I, I've got a process that pre-COVID worked phenomenally. I mean, I made more money than I've ever made in my life in 2019 and prior and boom, the whole world stopped and, and shifted. Who moved my cheese, if you will, on, on Friday the 13th? Now what? I mean, what do I need to change in terms of, you know, working with people? What, uh, <laughs> the wheels fell off. Help me put them back on. Yeah, I think, you know, number one, I should have said this in the beginning, that there has to be a retention plan. We have to know what are we doing to keep our favorite customers or clients. You said franchise broker. If I'm a broker or loan consultant, I really got to make sure that I'm taking care of my core group, my core customers. That needs to be in place. I'm seeing a lot of people out there that if you're doing too much prospecting but not taking care of people, 
That's tough. Appropriate follow-up. I think we all know what that means, but we need to meet people where they're at and be sensitive to their situation from industry to industry. But, you know, the people that are doing well, this isn't rocket science. The people that are doing well are still getting referrals. They're still getting word of mouth, and that's coming from their network. That's coming from their circle of influence, and they know who their strategic referral sources are, and they keep going back to them and taking care of those folks. So we're adapting, but the retention plan, having appropriate follow-up, and working referrals, time-tested stuff, we, we've got to keep doing that. There's a shift in pre-COVID to now on being a little bit more touchy-feely or emotional with your prospecting, talking to people and asking them how, how things are going in their world. What do you think about that shift? It's like, in some ways, while there's a whole lot of anxiety in the world, there's also a lot more empathy and connection in the world. Do you encourage your sales teams, your clients to really focus on that at all? The answer is yes. We need empathy and compassion, but being flexible and being patient with folks doesn't mean I have to communicate that. And I want want to be careful how I'm saying that, but I, I can be very compassionate and empathetic, be patient, but we can still transact business and try to move forward with, with a new franchise or out doing business at the franchise unit level. I think that we need to ask people what they need for us to move forward. What do you need? I don't think we need to be soft around that. We were talking about the other day that if the tone that you're using or tempo is to slow down and you're using too many softeners or too many buffers with people, you may confuse them further. There are people that are antsy and kind of frenetic right now and want something to do. There are people sitting at home restless saying, man, I want to go start my own business. I don't, I don't trust corporate America or the government to figure this out for me. So I, I think we need to ask people, where are you at? What do you need? Why are we hesitating? I think we have to do that. And especially we've seen, we thought maybe things would be better in May or June and we're going to be moving into September here soon. So I, I think that we just got to ask. Yeah, I agree. Maintaining perspective through all of this is a key component to success, I suppose. Talk to us about perspective. We, we recognize where we're at. You mentioned the delay. I think that's uh, very, very key. I mean, we all thought maybe May or June we'd be turning a corner, and here we are almost September and kind of finding our footprints in the sand. Talk to us a little bit about perspective and keeping things relevant to where we're at, Bill. I think people want to hear how other people are doing and how other business owners are moving forward. Just what we're doing today, right? One thing I heard this morning with a recruiter out in Utah was that they had a candidate or prospect thinking about buying a business, franchise business. And she went ahead and said, look, if you're one of the people that are in wait and see mode, so you, you want to slow down and wait and see what's going to happen or wait till the election is over. Those folks never sign a franchise agreement. They never buy a business. The people that admit that they're nervous and they have a lot of those wait and see tendencies, but just know they need to be more educated or learn more about the business model, they'll sign a contract in 20 to 25 days. But once it hits 40, 45 days and a couple, if you will, 
partner and spouse are, are in wait and see mode, they're not going to buy a business. So whether you're a broker, whether you're a loan consultant, lender, or franchise development director, I think you have to let them know what the options look like and not be afraid to put that on the table. Yeah, I agree. I think, especially right now, you got to slow down a little bit in order to, to go fast uh, with some people. But, you know, I mentioned that this morning on a staff meeting call here at Tenant Financial Group, where that we've got to keep people, we got to hold them accountable. We got to set certain benchmarks and give them, you know, really a clear next step. Because clients, I think, you know, right now, seem to be falling into the trap where they're getting ready to get ready. There's so much unknown out there that they're comfortable just kind of treading water right now and and, and interested, but yet not really so interested that they're willing to take the deep dive. And and so there's some massaging of, of relationships and end of our process. We talked about how maybe it's changed a bit, you know, pre-COVID to now, but that is true, and it's very insightful, and I like hearing you say that. Do you have any other thoughts along that line, Bill, because that's really relevant uh, today? Just talking about lending specifically, one piece of feedback and suggestions we're making to all brands, franchise brands, is that they need to get their loan consultant involved faster. Normally in a eight- or ten-step process, the lending might be brought up in step four or five, and now we're saying in step one that if they really want to be financially prepared to own their own small business or franchise, we need to get into the financial question and picture now. We need to get clear about right time and money. And the faster we can get the broker and lender together and talk through those things, the better. Because I think a lot of people are wanting to figure out, is small business ownership okay or right for me, my family? And then they ask the financial questions. But to help one another, if we have real empathy, we're, we're putting that stuff in front of them in the beginning. Well, in an effort to kind of wrap this up and tie this off for our listeners, what is your advice to a business owner if they're considering that they feel kind of stuck, they feel some anxiety, they don't really know which way to turn, maybe... What would you tell them about seeking some sort of coaching? How does that process work? What should they expect with engaging with a coach? You need to have an accountability partner. I'm going to suggest that is not your spouse. Everybody says that, you know, my, I have to answer these questions anyways every night at the dinner table. You need an accountability partner that could be a mentor who's in the industry and knows your marketplace well or knows your team. I think with a coach, you need to know what you want from the coaching. Too many times I think you jump into a relationship or coaching dynamic and people aren't clear on kind of the scope and the deliverables that they want. If you have a business-specific problem that you want to fix quickly, you may want a consultant. You may want a subject matter expert in some area. But amazing, David, like where people will show up and think they want to coach when what they need is a social media expert or they need a copywriter. They don't need a coach. I think coaching is a longer process. So if people think that you can hop in for a month or two and have a lot of fast results, that normally doesn't happen. I recently just started with a lawyer coming out of a big law firm for 20 years. He went solo out on his own for a year probably was beating his head up against the wall, trying to figure out networking, promotion, and, you know, how do I market myself as an attorney? And the only thing he had 
finished was a website. So those types, we really have to step back and get clear on what is he offering? What is his value proposition, right? And start moving through both sales and marketing areas. But a lot of his stuff was mindset, getting his attitude right and getting you know, more clear on, on what the steps were week to week. Awesome. So tell us what's going on in your world. If our listeners would like to engage with you or you have some opportunity that you might want to share with them, what might that be, Bill? Gosh, I love life strategy work. That sounds crazy, but I I work with a lot of successful entrepreneurs and successful top franchisees who day-to-day know what they're doing. They understand their product and service already. They've been doing this a while, but they're wanting to get more out of the week. They're wanting to work on maybe some other areas of life also. So when you get to executive coaching or entrepreneurial coaching, most people have a vision in their head that they're wanting to manifest and get after. And I would say the majority of the folks I work with are very good at what they do, but there may be some other things they want in their business or life. Or maybe I right now I'm, I'm working on an assessment for six different units throughout the country. And every one of those owners wants to step out of the business and have a team in place to run it. And so they're asking the questions on, I need to do more than just delegate. I'm going to need to spend money to really grow this thing. So to answer your question, anybody that's in that space can contact me and have a 30-minute conversation about where they're headed and uh, see if there's a fit. What's the best place to reach you, Bill? Uh, You can go to BillBreakmeyer.com. There's a website up. Or they can call me on my cell phone, text me at 303-668. Four seven eight zero. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Bill. It's been uh, super great to hear some of the things that have been happening. I know that our listeners will get value from this, so we really, really appreciate your time. As always, to our listeners, we we just so appreciate your involvement in, in what we're doing here and the feedback that you've given us. We appreciate you joining us. Like I say, every time we record these shows, if there's stuff that you'd like us to talk about, by all means, reach out to us and let us know. You can find From the Ground Up podcast on all the basic podcasting platforms, Google, Apple, Spotify, any of the places you pick up your podcast, you can pick these up too. Once again, we appreciate Derek and Tenant Financial Group for sponsoring these podcasts and are super appreciated for all that they do to help us with this. Thanks everybody. We hope you enjoy it and we'll catch you on our next episode of From the Ground Up.